Oliver Zach is the co-founder of the all-natural tattoo aftercare brand, Mad Rabbit. Built on expression, individuality, and the unique stories behind every tattoo, Mad Rabbit has truly grown a community, and I cannot wait to dive in into Oliver's story with you all today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs built some of the biggest brands today, and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delight to welcome our guest for today, Oliver Zach. He is the co-founder of Mad Rabbit, a tattoo aftercare brand set to revolutionize a category that has been around for thousands of years, shared across cultures all around the world, and yet remains relatively untouched in the beauty industry. So when Oliver had a tattoo appointment and felt frustrated with the outdated and potentially harmful recommendations for aftercare, he recognized the long-awaited need for better healing solutions. Mad Rabbit was born and launched with an all-natural tattoo balm that skyrocketed the brand into a thought leader in the industry. And I love Oliver's emphasis on the storytelling aspect of the brand. It provides a platform for people from all walks of life, including rappers, NFL players, and members of the military, and it truly empowers its consumers, and more than that, has built a community full of stories to be heard, which I believe is where the beauty industry is headed. So Oliver, it's a pleasure to sit down with you today, and thank you for being with us. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Akash. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. Um, I, love the, I love the podcast and everything you're doing with it. I think it's a great platform for, to your point, not only founders to connect, but also the people who are looking to just get started um, and, and considering starting their own business. So really resonate with the, the mission and excited to get into it. Oh, amazing. Well, well, if I ask all my guests the same question, I'm going to ask you first is who in a nutshell is Oliver? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I will start with kind of the professional side of Oliver and then I'll get into to what excites me on a personal level. Um, you know, professionally, I like to think of myself as a problem solver. Um, I think that lends itself to a variety of skill sets, um, including, you know, creativity and ideation, um, but also, you know, people management and knowing when to kind of step aside and, and let others um, take the reins when, when they can solve the problem in a different way. Um, so as CEO and co-founder of, of Mad Rabbit, I, I kind of walk a, a fine line of, of being the quiet one in the room. I often look for, for perspectives in others. And I think um, we ultimately come to some really great decisions um, through that method. So I would say, you know, I'm not the loudest person in the room very often, but, um, you know, I, I do have good direction and, and vision for, for the brand. More personally, um, what excites me is, is philanthropy and um, helping others. Um, so I get to do a ton of that through Mad Rabbit, through our charitable giving and uh, partnered organizations like P Inc., which is a subsidiary of um, F Cancer, which is a really cool opportunity for us to help fund the mastectomy cover-up tattoos for uh, women who have survived breast cancer, really helping them reclaim their womanhood. And, and to your point, um, 
really gets back to the the storytelling crux of of what our brand is. That's, I mean, there's so much to go into. So, I guess, I guess the the best place to start is, I guess, Baby Oliver, like the beginning. Um, and I would love to know some of those like early memories growing up in your family household. Um, I want to say beauty, but also entrepreneur, like like the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about kind of your up, upbringing. For sure. Um, so I grew up in a upper middle class family. My father was uh, a pretty successful surgeon and I had the luxury of a, a pretty easy childhood early on. Um, you know, in 2003, unfortunately, my dad was rear-ended in, car, in a car accident. Complications throughout the surgery then caused a hand tremor. Um, obviously a huge issue if you're, if you're an operating surgeon and your hand tremors. So, you know, essentially in an instant, his career was, was swept out from underneath him. Um, you know, years of hard times followed, honestly, um, him deciding how he wanted to reinvent himself, what he was going to do to support his family. Um, and in the meantime, he decided to go to business school. So this is a guy who went through all of, of medical school, um, undergrad, um, got his dental degree, uh, and then decides to go back to school, which is, is pretty crazy to me. So, you know, early on, there's certainly an emphasis on education, but long story short, what ended up happening is, is he rose from the ashes as an entrepreneur. And, um, again, after years of hardship was really o- able to overcome what I, what I, I was able to see as a, a child of his is, um, a really, really tough life lesson, um, early on. And I think that had a ton of impact on me going forward. So, Throughout high school, I was involved in entrepreneurship pitch competitions. I got two internships uh, at a startup incubator in downtown Cleveland in high school um, and kind of set off for college with the mindset of knowing that I one day wanted to be an entrepreneur. To kind of you know support that and make sure I had a skill set that would then support that vision, I decided to study finance. I figured it was um, good to understand the language of business and the fundamentals of, of it. So um I studied that at Miami University for the first couple of years where I met my co-founder, Salam. And by senior year, we had started Mad Rabbit. So when you kind of met Salam and then you had, was it like this idea that cultivated through um, kind of like, was it either or? Did you both see this gap in the market or did you like have your own tattoo story? Which, I mean, I mentioned in the introduction, but yeah, tell us about it. Uh, so I certainly never thought I would be the tattoo guy. Um, I had, you know, one or two tattoos at the time. Um, Salam actually funny enough, didn't have any at the time of us starting the business. Uh, but what, what we did have together was a couple of, of years running businesses together. So earlier on in college, Salam actually introduced me to the concept of e-commerce and our first venture together was, was actually drop shipping, uh, swimsuits, um, kind of throughout that process and, and building a drop shipping business, you don't have the luxury of, of competing on product differentiation, right? You're, you're selling someone else's products. So what that did teach us a ton about was um, building a brand on social, um, standing up an ambassador program, um, and really like empowering your customers to help you sell your product. So it was a really good foundation for for what would be later to come. But um, no, we, we never really had the vision of, of being the tattoo guys. Um, we kind of just stumbled a- upon the need, um, having a couple myself, and, you know, just, just really noticed that this industry was lagging behind. I mean, I think if you look to the broader skincare industry, you're looking at, you're kind of, you've come past the natural phase of innovation, right? In a lot of senses. And it's more so it doesn't need to be, it's, it's science backed, right? So hyaluronic acids and and things like that, that aren't necessarily natural, but 
um, are really great for the skin. That's where general skincare is today. And people are starting to wear SPF every single day. Um, the importance of skincare is catching on. However, within this tattoo niche that we're operating in, um, it's, it's really lagging behind. There's been no innovation in the space for the last 60 years. Um, you know, the, the predominant recommendation, uh, for tattoo healing historically was a petroleum jelly based, uh, substance. So Vaseline or Aquaphor or the like, and, um, the, the short of it is that's great for, for healing a, um, a scrape if you fall off your bike, cause it helps your body create a natural barrier of defense for bacteria and, and things like that to enter the body. However, scabs are really, really bad for tattoos because the ink gets lodged in the tattoo. And when the scabs fall off, you get ink loss, uh, which was kind of the initial pain point that, that drew us to Mad Rabbit in the first place. And, and I, I read online, I don't know if it, is it true, like your mom's idea was the tattoo bomb or something like, so how did that come around? She had years of apothecary experience. Um, I had the opportunity to, to come to work with her a few times and just be surrounded by natural ingredients. So um, she was definitely the person I called when we had the the idea of creating a more natural solution. And um, it is true. She she came up with the first crock pot formula that we then sold um, sold out of several times. So definitely yeah. kudos to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's it's great when family gets involved in, in different parts, right? And ideas are the best ones. So uh, that's I actually cool. have I have the original formula that she wrote out, which is pretty funny. Uh, oh, and you ha- oh, that's um, that's so cool. <laughs> I mean, for the, anyone watching the video, which usually will be like on a YouTube full video, there's like a beautiful printout framed that he just showed. But um, yeah, if you're listening, you've got to check out the YouTube. Um, but one thing I also wanted to know, I was really curious, was the inspiration behind the name Mad Rabbit. Who came up with that? I love it, by the way. It's so cool. Uh, I came up with the name. My co-founder initially hated it, um, and there's there's no there's no you know fantastic inception story. It's we really just wanted to stand out and wanted to evoke natural and American made, um, which the jackalope, which is our mad rabbit, uh, is a creature of of myth from American folklore. Basically, you know the same way that. If you don't know what Red Bull is and then you find out it's an energy drink company, you're not going to forget that Red Bull is an energy drink company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 think, I mean, I think not every name needs to have like a backstory and, and, and a true emotional connection. I think, I mean, if you actually look at some of the most iconic names today, they're just great names that stick in your head, you know, right? And, and, and I think like the Red Bull example is a perfect synergy, actually. Um, yeah, Apple too, but, right? Like same. And Apple, I mean, that's probably yeah, the most out there one i'm like yeah i wish there was a i mean was there a story to apple i feel like i read something there's so many myths but then i think it was i think it is i think there's several myths and then nothing is actually truthfully oh yeah that would be that would be a cool one to have on the podcast once if steve jobs was around i would have been like what is the inspiration i'm sure many people have asked him but he probably it's like a myth urban mystery um but now i want to get also into the story behind how you started because um a lot of entrepreneurs I think today it, there's a lot of different brands out there. And I think a lot of people listening don't know the best way to start. And there's really many different ways. There's not one kind of glove that fits all. What was your way of starting um, Mad Rabbit? So I'll preface this with, I think times have changed a little bit as they always do. Um, when we started Mad Rabbit, it was pre iOS 14, right? So um, ad targeting was a lot more specific and attributable um, 
So with that being said, the way that Salamina used to test products, and I still think is a very good way to test the product. If if you're considering going into production, um, you know, you can test the product before you actually sell it, cancel all the orders, see if there's interest, et cetera. Um, that, that is what I would recommend. But um, we basically uh, would run a few Facebook ads, a bunch of different copy uh, to see if anybody would bite. And if there was product market fit, um, then it was something worth exploring. So when Salam and I were starting MedRabbit, um, I guess the, the precursor to all this is setting up Shopify um, and, and all the plugins that you need and installing a pixel and all of that. But when it comes down to testing your product to see if this is something you should actually do, uh, I recommend running a few ads for it, maybe like a $500 or $1,000 budget. Um, it, it's worth it really just to see if there are people on the internet that you're able to reach to sell your product, if that's a part of your strategy. Um, so, you know, for the first two years, um, Mad Rabbit was run strictly off of one product, our tattoo balm, and strictly through one channel. And that was through Facebook ads, uh, leading to Shopify. And off of that strategy, we did, we did $400,000 the first year and $2.8 million the second year off of that alone. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's enough to, you know, give you runway to at least make the decision that this is worth continued investment. Um, is the way I would go about it. And what was interesting is, you know, a lot of this strategy uh, when you started was, um, you know, online. Um, was there any omnichannel component, especially thinking about like tattoo parlors and, you know, working with kind of brick and mortar places? Uh, that's so 2023, that is the year of retail for us. Uh, we are nice. currently yeah. kind of embarking on those am- omnichannel ambitions as we speak. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of brands that existed before us in the space have tried to scale through the tattoo parlor channel. Um, Hmm. It is a very difficult one because it's extremely fragmented, right? So you're not going to be winning big chains of of tattoo parlors. Uh, So it's a very manual sales process. So we decided to go about it direct and internet first and build awareness. And now we have build a brand. Exactly. Exactly. So now we have customers walking into the tattoo parlor asking for Mad Rabbit. It's a much easier sell for us to, Oh, much better. Well, also, also there was COVID, right? Like, cause you guys were founded yep. in 2019. Is that correct? 2019. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's also like a, a year or two of like a ride, the, the, the digital wave and at the same time, like a lot of things are worse closed. So I think, uh, you know, kind of you had to probably pivot to the times as well. Uh, but I, I think that's like a really important strategy is like when you have perhaps limited initial funds, like we all do when starting a brand, sometimes, um, apart from like just trying to spread out into all these different channels and sometimes focus on a few and look, look how big you can build a brand by just investing in certain channels. And then later when the time is right, but making sure all of those channels are going to the same goal of like really improving your brand equity and awareness, which I think is the most important thing. Uh, I think to your that's point, exactly what you did. to your point, like this, this didn't take a lot of of resources to start Mad Rabbit, which Salam and I did this with $600, um, $300 each. Amazing. Um, and we didn't take any outside investment until, until Shark Tank a year later. So, um, there's a lot that can be done and proven out until then. And I want to talk about that because I, I, you know, I love watching Shark Tank. So I've definitely seen yours. How was Shark Tank for you guys? What was the whole, um, experience like? Uh, it was, it was like a dream. I I grew up watching it every Friday with my, my family. Um, so I felt like I knew everything already and I knew all the sharks, which is kind of like a funny thing. 
because they had no idea yeah. who I am, obviously. Um, the experience was very much like what you saw on TV. Uh, I will say the only difference is you're, you're getting grilled for like an hour. Um, yeah. And I think my biggest takeaway is it's, it's kind of like it's very tidal in the sense that when things are going really well, they'll continue to go really well. But if they go poorly, they're a lot of times the sharks like jump on and start, uh, start attacking. So, you know, fortunately we had a very easy go of it. We knew our numbers like the back of our hand. Uh, we had a yeah. solid fundamental business. Um, and then we had, we had confidence in our numbers. So, uh, I think they liked that and it resonated with them and we weren't trying to pull a fast one on anyone. So we just went on yeah. it from a very honest, um, and non-greedy perspective. And, um, you know, Mark Cuban post investing in Shark yeah. Tank has followed on for over a million dollars of it, of additional investment. So we've got a, a fantastic partner in him. Um, the experience was a blessing, truly. Oh, that's, that's so good. And, and I think like, uh, uh, did you have the same, I had a, I've had actually quite a few founders on the podcast from Shark Tank, um, beauty brands. Um, and a lot of them were telling me like, oh, you don't know fully if you're going to air, like, you know, I mean, you think you will, but you don't know fully and all that kind of stuff. So did you know, like, like, did you have like a rough date and then you were like prepared for like the mountain of like awareness that would come from it? Or was it like quite still like like that viral moment, you're like, oh my God, this is so exciting. We're airing today. So we, you don't know until like two or three weeks before you actually air. So, uh, yeah. and, and a lot of times your deal doesn't close until around that time as well. Uh, so I think one thing people don't take into consideration, we certainly didn't, is how stale that valuation can get over six months when you're a high growth startup. So by the time the money actually hits your account, you're like, oh, but again, like it's been, it's been so worth it. Um, yeah. And also, I guess the brand per perception from the industry, it's like, oh, we're actually way bigger now than what we are air to be. But I think that that's part of the, the journey of Shark Tank, I guess. It's a show. You can't control that, I guess. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's very cool. And talk, talk us a little bit through the products um, for from two sides. For anyone listening that has tattoos, you know, um, they can go on madrabbit.com and check out. So tell us a bit about the products. And out of curiosity, if you don't have tattoos, you also you know, promote the brand for uh, people like that? Um, so I like to think of our products in a few tranches. So we have hmm. the pre-care section, which uh, really the only product that I guess fits in there currently is our tattoo numbing cream. That's a really exciting one because it's one of our first products that we can market to non-tattooed people because, you know, one of the big barriers to entry for getting a tattoo is the, the pain factor. So if we can take that away, um, you know, we'll bring some new entrants into the market, which is pretty cool. Um, the second tranche is uh, the aftercare section, right? So our soothing gel, which is an aloe vera base to replace that petroleum jelly recommendation. Um, we have an unscented balm stick and then unscented lotion that also falls in that category. And then the last piece is kind of the daily maintenance stuff. So the body washes, the bar soaps all of which it makes sense for us to play within that category because there's a lot of, um, as you know, Akash, uh, chemicals that can strip the skin, um, fragrances that are, are bad for the skin, as well as, you know, the chemicals that are really just packed as, as the, uh, into the ingredient deck. A lot of those are not formulated for tattoos, right? So vitamin E, for example, if you have a fresh tattoo and you, uh, start packing a vitamin E lotion into it, uh, it's going to, hunt down those impurities in your skin and uh, destroy your tattoo. So you can think you're doing a great job of moisturizing your skin and taking care of it. 
but you can actually be working against it over time. So that's kind of why it makes sense for us to play in, in uh, beyond the chair, if you will. Um, and then lastly, and most excitingly for me, is we're kind of kicking off our professional product pipeline as we speak. So in February, February we just launched our Tattoo Glide, which is a product that every tattoo artist needs to use in the, the tattooing process. And it lubricates the needle every time it enters the skin so you don't get any snags. Um, that's a really exciting opportunity because, A, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure, the only vegan and natural and clean option on the market. Um, but two, it also opens up that wholesale pipeline for shops who hadn't maybe considered selling retail or retailing our products before. If they use our Glide, it's it's a much easier upsell. I mean, I mean for, for you, what has been the most fun product to make or like, I guess, exciting product to make? Um, that's a good one. I think the soothing gel is my favorite product. It has the most virality factor. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen them on our socials, but artists glob yeah. it up on like a, 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 a tongue depressor and glide it over the tattoo. And it's awesome because yeah. the viewer gets to see new tattoos all day. Um, but then the, the soothing gel also has a magnifying effect that kind of enhances how the tattoo looks. And it actually has a bit of a virality factor that, that boosts the views, which is kind of cool. Um, so that's, that's my favorite. It's really helped us kind of crack our, our TikTok strategy. Yeah. Uh, TikTok. I mean, let's talk about TikTok for a bit. Um, how do you feel about it? I mean, it's incredible, but like, it's also like changing all the time. Um, has TikTok been an integral part of your brand success in the last couple of years? Yeah, certainly a necessary evil. I mean, it's, um, yes, <laughs> it's, it's very top funnel, right? Like it's not quality traffic. Um, yeah. We, we tend to not run ads, but instead boost posts that are performing well as a strategy. Yeah. Um, and what we've noticed is people tend to follow brands or pages for only a couple of things. And if you tend to stray outside of those, the, the content doesn't perform nearly as well. So for us, it's our soothing gel swipes. Um, that's our bread and butter. That's how we have almost 600,000 followers. Just people love the ASMR aspect of it. Um, but we're, we're looking into diversifying it because, you know, there's not a lot of product education that, that gets told through that and, um, not a lot of comedy opportunity or, or what, whatever direction we decide to, to take it. Diversifying is a bit of a, a tricky process. Yeah. That, that, that's the, 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 the thing, I guess is uh, the necessary evil of TikTok. It's, it's like, you got to play it, but you can't put all your eggs in that basket. I think it's really important to, to diversify on the platform and then out the platform as well. So, and then one, one thing I want to ask a little bit about is you, you talked about it uh, in when I asked you who you are in a nutshell, which I loved uh, about your mission and your cause and your philanthropic work through Mad Rabbit. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So um, P Inc. again is that uh, incredible foundation that we work with to help fund women's mastectomy cover up tattoos. Um, and we just this past year have started recording episodes of these women's stories. So spreading a lot of awareness around it, um, which, you know, has gone a long way as far as, you know, getting more women signed up, uh, crowdfunding donations. Um, our community brought in $20,000 for it this past year, um, which is so exciting. Wow. We're doing a great job of really activating our, our consumer as well. Um, and then the other group that we work with closely is, is Hope Versus Cancer, uh, which is a mm -hmm. pediatric uh, cancer foundation uh, helping uh, fund the treatments for these children undergoing cancer treatment. And 
it's also cool because it gets tattoo artists involved. So we have our artists uh, draw a flash sheet of uh, temporary tattoo designs, which gets sent to the kids and the customers can purchase them as well. Um, so what we get out of it is really exciting smiles from, from these kids covering themselves in temporary tattoos, um, as well as, you know, doing a little part to, to help uh, pay for their their process that they're going through. So those are just two of the organizations that we partner with on an ongoing basis. We like to be um, pretty flexible with uh, how we give. So when an opportunity arises, we, we tend to jump on it. Uh, I don't know if you recall, I think it was 2018 on Christmas um, in Nashville, Tennessee, there was an RV that pulled up outside of a, a city block and exploded the entire block. Um, one of the, one of the businesses that was leveled was pride and glory tattoo parlor. And Salam and I made a point to as quickly as we could, uh, jump on and become the top donor for the rebuild and made sure to stock their shelves with product for free so that when they reopen business, they could, um, you know, start with a bang. So it's stuff like that. And we try and be flexible. And like I said, it's, it's kind of what drives me as a person. So it's, it's a part of the business that I love to spend time on. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, well, thank you for all you, you guys are doing. And, and I think um, it's, that's why I love asking these questions. Cause I think a lot of people, perhaps they know it, but they might not know it as users of Mad Rabbit or, or in the beauty industry. So it's great to know that there's a great mission behind not just great products. Um, I think, I think and, we and, benefit yeah. from it too, right? Like I think yeah, Gen Z, Gen Z in particular, they're putting their spending dollars behind companies that, that resonate with who they are mm-hmm. and, and, you know, support causes that they resonate with as well. So um, it's not, it's not entirely selfless, of course, but, um, it's, no. it's but a good part of I it. always say it, we are the beneficiary of doing good, especially as founders as well, because I mean, after a couple of years of launching this brand, it becomes quite the same old and it becomes a, a cyclical cycle of just chasing revenue and growth. And if you don't have a deep intrinsic core value purpose that is deeper than just profit, I don't see the purpose and the, the passion. Maybe that's just who I am. I think that's exactly who you are because you mentioned the philanthropic work. There are probably some entrepreneurs that are very much driven by those numbers. Yeah. But I think for for founders like us, I kind of call, I, I would like to consider us like impact entrepreneurs, you know, or purpose driven entrepreneurs. And uh, yeah, and we do it also, yeah, because we have become the beneficiary. I get more joy seeing that um, side of the business sometimes than the other side of the business. So yeah, I, I think, I think I just um, want to be a part of, of showing capitalism works, right? Like I think for these exactly. past hundred years, like a lot of, a lot of profiteering has been going on and I think we have a good system and I, I want to prove that it can be a good thing. So got to, got to do that by, you know, taking action and, and speaking on it as well. So kudos to you as well. Gosh. I know. I appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. This is it. And especially in, and you can do it in any industry, uh, in any form of entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial activity you're doing. I think it's very important to remember we all have that ability. Um, so before I have a few questions before fire round, um, that is a bit off the brand, but I will just finish um, with one question is the future. Uh, what is sort of on the pipeline for Mad Rabbit? Um, I think now you mentioned 2023 is the year of, you know, kind of the brick and mortar expansion omnichannel, but yeah, tell us. Um, so yes, it is. That is both through the tattoo parlor channel um, as well as the retail big box retailer channel. So we are currently scaling our partnership with GNC, which is really exciting because the health and wellness and fitness audience really cares not only what they put in their body, but also what they put on their body and what they look like. So 
there's a ton of overlap with the fitness community for us that we're, we're looking forward to supporting with GNC. Um, it's too early to say, but we have a, a big box uh, retailer launch nationwide uh, coming up here in, at the end of the year, which is definitely the entrepreneur's dream. Um, yeah. And then we're also opening up our first physical location in Arts District Los Angeles, which is going to be really cool. It's going to be four or five tattoo beds, full service content yeah. center that oh, not only are we cool. shooting our own content, but uh, we, we want to be a resource and a platform for artists to grow their own platforms so we can grow with them. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's oh, yeah. some of the upcoming stuff. I am so excited. Like, um, you know, like when I hear a story about someone's brand and you're kind of like, like I'm obviously I'm like building my brand and I'm, I'm good, but at the same time, I'm like, if I could, I would work for your brand. Like, that <laughs> sort of thing. I'm like hearing, and I'm like, that is so epic. And like your content strategy should be like the new modern, like LA Inc style kind of also like testimonials and videos. And like, cause I used to watch, so I have no tattoos, but I we used to be obsessed with LA Inc. And then therefore always dream about what tattoos I would get. So maybe one day I will get one. Yeah, uh, come on down. But, we'll, we'll do a reality show. You'll be it, the pilot episode. Exactly. I'll be a pilot. I'll be a guinea pig. But yeah, when you guys have the... If I if I ever decide to get a tattoo, I'll come to Mad Rabbit um, in LA. That's my, that's my goal. That's my... that's my uh, um, What do you call it? Like a um, pact with you. Awesome. Um, but... I, I do want to ask, actually, uh, uh, do you, what what tattoos do you have, like uh, that you can share, or that you're, uh, yeah, uh, you, that you yeah, for sure. I'll give a, yeah. a quick um, visual of the work appropriate ones yeah. that I can show on camera. Yeah. Um, this is the Birth of Venus, oh, sweet, which is that's beautiful, a piece by Botticelli. That's stunning. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all my um, tattoos really have kind of like art history theme to them. It's it's also yeah. another one of my hobbies and my passions. So. Um, you know, yeah. I had the, I had the fortune of finally seeing, uh, the birth of Venus in person in Florence this past summer. And, um, I had yeah. been studying art history for years. And, uh, one of the few paintings there, my jaw just hit the floor when I saw it in person and, um, yeah. wanted it tattooed on me forever. So I, I tend to draw a lot of inspiration from that. And I, I like the fine line, um, kind of stuff, but everyone has their own style. No, but uh, I mean, I've seen it. In, it's like the Uffizi or something gallery, right? In Florence or something yep. where it is. But it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, uh, that's such a beautiful tattoo. Um, Thanks. so, uh, did you get them after Mad, like after you created Mad Rabbit? So were you using Mad Rabbit on your own tattoos? Oh yeah. So I've, I had nice. two, I had two or three when I started Mad Rabbit and I think I'm up to, yeah. uh, I think I'm up to 11 now. So, um, Everyone uh, since then has been has been healed and maintained with Mad Rabbit, and um, I lo- I love being the guinea pig for new products. <laughs> I was about to say you can aid that, but is it true then? Like once you start, you can't like you kind of st- can't stop. It's like an addiction, right? Like because I always hear that people are like start with like oh, I'll get one tattoo and then they get another one, another one. So a couple <laughs> of interesting statistics statistics from our post purchase survey: seventy um, yeah. percent of our first time customers have never bought a tattoo care product before. Um, so we're yeah. kind of, it's a, it's a pretty new market from that regard. And then the other piece of it is, uh, 97% of our customers are planning on getting another tattoo. So I think it's fully addictive. It's I think it is funny. 
That's so cool. I love that. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of like, again, like I'm, I'm kind of saying like, that's one of my worries of getting it. Cause I know I'll like want more and more, but then also like, I think it's like, it's, it's a look that like, I know I could, I could probably pull off. You could totally just, pull it off. I think I, I just, I get sick of things easily and that's my worry. Right. Is, but I feel like if you go for a tattoo, you won't get sick of it. It's like, you're not getting sick of like looking at my, I don't get sick of looking at my eyebrows. Like if it's permanently there, I'll just get used to it. Right. <laughs> but my brain is telling me, like, oh, no, 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 I'll regret taking, I'll regret that one. Don't rush it. Yeah. Be sure. But you can get tattoo removal and you could get tattoo. Um, yeah. But that's, I'll, I'll, when I, when I'm ready, I'll come to you, to you for some advice. Um, but that, yeah, that's really cool. I love hearing those stories. Um, so fire on questions, but I have one last question before we get into that is what has been the most invaluable lesson in your founder journey so far? <laughs> I think it's uh, sometimes the best advice is the advice you don't take, funny enough. Um, yeah. A lot of people have a lot of opinions. And I think especially for me being a young founder who, you know, this is my first go of it, right? Um, I, I tend to put a lot of weight on other people's opinions. And like I said, starting this this interview, I, I'm a listener, right? So I, I, hear, I, hear, it, I hear out a lot of different perspectives. Um, but I think there's a lot of danger in, in overweighting one person's opinion, especially because of rank or something like that. Um, which is often why I'm the most quiet in the room. I don't, I don't want to overpower, you know, any ideas that, that might not be voiced otherwise. I would say that. And then, uh, Mark Cuban told me hire slow, fire fast. I luckily haven't had to fire very many people. Um, I think we've done a fantastic job of, of finding really hard workers, which is a tough part about growing a business because those first few employees, they're wearing so many hats and there's never going to be a title that will fit that. Um, and there's not going to be a compensation package that you can offer that's um, extremely enticing to, to well-established uh, talent. Uh, so hiring is is a very tricky process, but you know we've we've seemed to have gotten it right, and where we didn't, we we correct it quickly. Yeah, oh, that's both really great advice, and and I, I think especially to your first one as well, I think it's important um, to also kind of understand what business do you have. Um, I think if it's something quite uh, cookie cutter, I, I'm really bad at like these like phrases, but I think that's the right phrase. Basically, like everyone is doing it, then sure. Sometimes these like advice from these like strategic consultants that have done there, been there, they might be quite valuable. But if you're doing something quite new, uh, semi-disruptive and, you know, um, innovative, uh, often you have to just trust in your gut most of the time because no one else really knows anyway, right? So um, it's exactly what you guys are doing. I think uh, you, you obviously have done something I haven't really thought about and heard about. So that's pretty exciting. So I, I feel like I would only ask for you for your advice, not someone else. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's important to find that balance. So normally I have a fire, I have a, um, sorry, a desert island situation, but I'm going to like spin it and say, you're coming to a, a desert island or whatever. But um, I feel like then the answer would be SEF. I'm actually going to change that. I'm going to say, you, okay, fire festival. Gone to a tattoo. Yeah. You're going to, well, I was going to say, you've gone to a tattoo festival and, um, you know, you have one product from Mad Rabbit you can do, you can get after you've taken a tattoo or had a tattoo. What product is your go-to aftercare product? That's definitely going to be the soothing gel again, because it also yeah. applies to the desert island answer. It is a fantastic exactly. post-sun soothing gel. Um, so what I do nice. I, when I'm not healing a tattoo with it, um, I put it in the refrigerator yeah. and then anytime I get back from a beach day or whatever, I just coat myself in cold soothing gel and it's it's the best thing ever. 
Um, so I've, uh, I found a ton of use for it. Um, microblading and permanent makeup um, practitioners, they also love it for their clients. It's it's definitely our most versatile product. Oh, and, and I mean, I'm just on the product page and the reviews speak for itself. So if you don't believe Oliver, guys, you can believe the hundreds of hundreds of people that are saying amazing five-star reviews. So that's pretty cool. Um, so fire around and then I'll, I'll let you run your business. I'm not going to keep you all day. Um, the first question is, what's another beauty brand or wellness brand or, you know, that you're currently loving right now? Uh, I have to, <laughs> it's a trendy answer because they just got acquired. I have been loving ASAP recently. Um, it's, yeah. I'm not someone who's ever like been able and been able to commit to like a consistent skincare routine. Um, I would switch from like Cetaphil to CeraVe to whatever face wash I could buy. Um, but this is the first like true skincare line I've been loyal to outside of Mad Rabbit. Um, it really works for me and um, I love the scents and I, I love the Zen of the stores too. I think there's like a retail component that, um, is, is pretty intangible that I'm impressed by. Couldn't agree more. It's incredible what they've done in, and, and also evolved in that, right? Like you have other giant kind of brands that have kind of kept the same style for many years, but Aesop has still kind of kept you inspired through its journey and evolution, especially in their stores. Uh, it's, 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 so, it's so beautiful. So I'm curious to see what we'll do off post acquisition now. Hopefully we'll retain that. Yeah, um, totally. My next question is where or what is your happy place? That's a beautiful question. Um, my happy place is, I think, skiing. Like, the mountains really recharge me. Yeah. And I would say, like, hiking, but skiing's just, like, a more fun version of hiking. I, I just feel, like, extremely at home and um, recharged in the mountains. So, yeah, that would have to be my answer. Couldn't agree more myself. I love, I love skiing, but, like, yeah, to your point, hiking. I think hiking is only more exciting when it's, like, really cool mountains. So I'm actually doing, well, I'm doing base camp, which is, you know, the first step uh, this year. So that would be quite fun. Of um, what mountain? Of uh, Everest, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Everest base camp. Wow. Yeah. So that's not I'm, very casual. <laughs> no, so I, I mean, I, I kind of like, I, it, I think it's not too bad. I think it's just like perceived to be worse than it is, but it's like quite long. It's like, you know, I think 10 days, <laughs> but it's like quite steady. Not like, um, like I think if you do like Killer Manjaro or like something else, it's a bit more steeper. Mm-hmm. So um, I say that and then watch me. I go there like super like, yeah, I'll be fine. And then I'm there, <laughs> like, no, oh, I'm dying. Save me. <laughs> well, if you make it, let's yeah, do Kilimanjaro at some point. Done. Oh, I'm down. I have got that on my bucket list. So I'll be in touch for that. Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite quote or like a saying that you keep close to your heart? I do. Um, it is Marcus Aurelius and it is... Um, it is all within yourself. It is within your way of thinking. And I find that I live pretty stoically in general, but I think that quote really sums it up that, you know, your, your reality is truly how you are internalizing and perceiving it. And, um, that can apply to bad days you're having, um, that can apply to like a really traumatic life event. Um, or it can, you know, apply to, to times of great triumph. I think it's really important to keep a stable baseline throughout all of that. And um, I try and live that way as well. So that would be my quote. And my last question um, is if you weren't like a beauty or, you know, um, I mean, the category is a bit bigger than just beauty, but like an entrepreneur in this space, what would Oliver be doing right now? I have zero time to actually think about that. Um, 
I am very excited by what's on the horizon with with AI. Um, I have zero dev experience, uh, technical experience, anything like that. Um, But I do tinker around with it from time to time. And I think the applications of it are going to be untold and insane. I think there's going to be ways for us to incorporate it into Mad Rabbit that I'm excited about exploring. But um, beyond that, I mean, that's that's where the next trillion dollars is going to be made. Uh, super exciting well man it's been such a pleasure speaking to you where can everyone continue to follow both yourself and mad rabbit on social website all the all that uh, mad rabbit is just at mad rabbit on just about anything sometimes it's at mad rabbit tattoo i think in the case of tiktok um our youtube is really cool we do a lot of long and short form content on there that involves storytelling of uh, you know athletes chefs breast cancer survivors everything in between um wow. so that's a really cool place to to learn a little bit more about our brand and then um me personally i'm just oliver zach on, on just about everything so you'll be able to find me amazing well i put all the links in the summary so people can just tap straight away and uh looking forward to let's do kilimanjaro soon i'll, I'll be in touch for that and just want to say thank you for sharing your story it's been super inspiring and I know many many will find that same story so thank you man awesome Akash. thank you hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.